The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Hello and welcome to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster and I'm so excited to have Pam Victor, Head of Happiness, on my show today. I mean, who else has a title of Head of Happiness except for you, Pam Victor? Yeah, when you make your own company, you get to make your own title. I mean, people should be more creative like you, though. I, I agree. Because not many people would go out on a limb like that. Yeah. Yeah. My, one of my colleagues, Scott Braidman, is the general manager, artistic director. Wah, 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 wah. But our newest hire. <laughs> yeah, what's up with that, Scott I, Braidman? It's, that's, Scott's, that's Scott, how Scott rolls. But hmm. Maddie Benjamin, our newest hire, it, who's our director of programming or something. We don't even know what her, her official title is, but she's the facilitator of fun. All right. Is what we call her. I yeah. dig that. Yeah. Do you all have costumes? We need costumes. Yeah, totally. I will work on that. Yeah. I've, I've tried for a while at the bank to have a fun title, but... You know, Banks yeah, probably aren't I into that just, as much. I keep knocking. I'm like this. Oh, what would your title be? Um, well, if it was on PC, it would be Gypsy Rainmaker. Uh huh. Um, yeah, you can't but, do that. Yeah, I yeah. can't do that. So some sort of Rainmaker, Yento, mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Um, Matchmaker. Mm-hmm. 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 Maybe mm-hmm. Community Rainmaker. Community Rainmaker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'd go there. Yeah. I try. <laughs> My theme song is "Can You Hear Me Knocking," so I got to keep everybody on their toes over there. Um, so you are the president and founder of Happier Valley Comedy, mm-hmm. and that's in Hadley. It is okay. Right on and so, have you always been funny? I've always thought I was funny. Yeah, but I don't think other people. In fact, when I first started doing improv, I was teaching. I was a um, para at the Fort River School in Amherst. And uh, one of my co-paras, I was like, oh, I'm taking improv class. And she's like, really? You're, you're not funny. That's what she said to me. And then, no. I know, it was hilarious. It was, I thought, I, that tickled me. Ten years later, she's sitting in my audience. And I was like, ha-ha, look who paid $15 to see this unfunny person oh, perform. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> And at the end, are you, I mean, are you friends or are you still talking? Oh, yeah, we're totally friends. No, it wasn't rude. She was just, it was just her reaction. Yeah. Um, But, yeah. Maybe because you have a serious side in some places. Well, yes, totally. You can't be funny everywhere all the time. Yeah, and improv, I I say improv's not about being funny, but it's about being yourself and trusting that that's enough. Mm. Because your authentic voice is your superpower, Mm -hmm. which is true on the stage, in life, and in business, right? Mm -hmm. This is what our superpower is, our authentic voice, or I call it your Eunice. Y-O-U-N-E-S-S. U-ness. It's the thing that makes you you. I love that. Yes. And we don't express that enough. It should. Yeah. Because that's what, that's the good stuff. That's Do you good feel stuff. like people's Eunice doesn't come out very often though? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> or your Eunice, maybe your Eunice comes out My a lot. My Eunice comes out People a lot. are going to think we're talking about body parts I know, that um, I know. they haven't quite yeah, researched enough Y-O-U-N-E-S-S. yet. Y-O-U-N-E-S-S. Um, yeah. But it also sounds like a lady's name. Yes. Yes. And other or stuff. other parts. Other parts. Yeah. Undiscovered regions. <laughs> <laughs> well, learning uh, improv is all about quieting your inner critic so you can allow your authentic voice to shine, mm. uh, amplify that authentic voice. So it really is about, you know, trusting your you-ness. But you can't trust your you-ness. Uh, <laughs> this, this is a whole different radio show. I never, never trust mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, after a certain age, Joan, we have to... We have to <laughs> Embrace it. Embrace it. Go with the flow. Right. Yeah. Um, but really, learning improv is not about learning how to be funny. It's really about learning how to be yourself. And that's really what we focus on for the first few levels of classes. The first eight, 16 weeks of classes is about 
quieting the inner critic. And how much of people's inner critic speaks loudly versus other you know like i feel like how much are people worried about their own Mm -hmm. selves saying you know don't do this don't do this don't do this versus like family or friends you know we just heard a story um about uh the the teacher your your co-teacher your your para that was her outer critic yes uh that was and that was just her fear for you yeah and of herself as she imagined herself and that was just her fear talking i don't even think that had anything to do with me uh, honestly, but I, it tickled me because I was like, I know I'm, I'm fine. Uh, so do you want to tell that story? What's that? Well, just just what, what we're talking about in case people are just tuning in. You had a, a co-worker um, at the, the school and basically she said, you're not funny. Yes. Yes. And absolutely. how many years has it been? Oh, I let go of it. 20, but it's 20, 20 years. Right. Yeah. Right. And you're, you've been funny this whole time and you have a company Perhaps. based on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. About amplifying <laughs> the joy and ease. Yeah. yeah. And so tell us a little bit about Happier Valley Comedy. Happier Valley Comedy is a nonprofit uh, with a mission to make the Happy Valley happier by sp- sharing uh, laughter, joy, and ease with Western Massachusetts. And through that, the world, through, we have three different branches of the company. The first branch is a full multi-level comedy school. It's primarily improv. So from day one of improv school, the joy and ease of improv one. And then we have four foundational levels and then a whole bunch of advanced classes. So you could be performing, learning how to perform. But most of my students uh, are not interested in performing improv in this community. Uh, They say they're just taking improv because it's cheaper than therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Is it? It is, yes. How much much is it to take an improv class? It's, oh gosh, I had to look, I have to look on my website. I think the first class is $225 for an eight-week class. Okay. Yeah, but we have, you know, uh, scholarships and stuff like and that. Sliding scale and, and, and well, scholarships, yeah, yes, and opportunities. Yeah, yes, yeah. Uh, so there's lots of opportunity to facilitate joy and ease. So yes, it is cheaper than a copay. Yes, it's cheaper than a copay. Um, and then it becomes about community because improvisers are the coolest, loveliest. Because our job is to support each other. It's not my this primary job of a super of an improviser is to be of service to each other, not to be of service to making myself look good or funny. Cause that's, that's a stand-up comedian sketch. That's that, that's that gig. Um, my job is to make you my scene partner look, you know, be brilliant and have joy and ease. So that's our comedy school. We also do shows. So every single Saturday night is a main stage show, uh, a rotation of shows every Saturday of the month from musical improv to theatrical improv, where we might improvise a two-act play, um, to a show that we call the championship show, where we wear costumes that are sports jerseys, and it's a fake competition. We play improv games like you'd see on Whose Line Is It Anyways. People in the audience can be judges. Judges can wear sashes and hold up cards, rating uh, and awarding points. So it's really goofy, and the prize is some dusty old... Uh, trophies that we found in someone's attic <laughs> at a tag sale at a tag exactly well people just love to get rid of their trophies so we have way too many trophies uh so and then on fridays we have community comedy night for the first three fridays of the month and that's an opportunity for anybody who wants to to get up on stage and perform because once you get to a certain point performing is the best classroom that's the best lear- learning opportunity so any students are like hey i want 20 minutes on friday 
they get it. And I perform in my indie groups on Friday, and we do experimental things. In fact, in a couple, uh, yeah, tomorrow actually, uh, I'm debut. We're debuting our four-person experimental show, and it's real low stakes and a very warm audience. And we do improv games also, so anybody who wants to can get up on stage on Fridays. It's only five bucks. And then the third branch of the company is professional development and workplace wellness, where I'll use the tenants. The tenets of mindful improv to help uh, businesses with things like communication, collaboration, creative thinking, risk taking, wellness, and well being. So, lots of I I'm busy. That's <laughs> <laughs> a lot. That's a lot. <clears throat> there might have been more than three there. I'm not sure. There were three main branches, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. but lots of twigs. Yes, yeah, <laughs> lots of twigs off those branches. And so, you know, I I feel like from someone who who categorizes themselves as not funny or I don't find a lot of stuff funny. Disagree, but go ahead. Okay, well, I just, but like, how do you, how do you keep stepping up and stepping into that space and into the light and into, I mean, I know we're not all funny all the time and just because you have a, a happier valley comedy yeah. business doesn't mean that you are funny all the time either, but how do you keep finding that, the joy that pathway, that joy, that yeah. ease? Uh, it's a practice, and I practice mindfulness also, and it is really a mindfulness practice. So given the re- the way I define improvisation is acceptance of the reality of the moment and the agreement to move forward together with joy and ease. So acceptance of the reality of the moment. So given the reality of this moment, we're sitting here talking together, or given the reality of the moment, I'm about to sell my house, or given the reality of the moment, my dog is sick, like whatever it is, how can we move forward with joy or at least peace and ease? And that's the practice. So sometimes I'm getting up on stage and have a headache and have had a hard day. But the reality is I'm getting up on stage and, gosh, I get to play with my friends. So given that reality, I'm just always trying to step forward in any way possible toward joy and ease. And it sounds like it's a lot of in the moment, right? Like trying to really be very clear of where you are now, not where you've been or where you're going. But where I wish I were in your body. Right. Yes. Exactly, which is you could see how it's useful in business because it's like, yeah, this is the reality of the moment. And it's all about like, I made a mistake. It's so hard to say in business, but the healthiest thing for the company mm-hmm. because the alternative is to hide it and then it just becomes festering wound and sickness. And know? it's the healthiest thing for yourself too. Absolutely. But we're already at our first break. So I'm Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm here today with Pam Victor, who's the head of happiness for Happier Valley Comedy. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Pam Victor, who is the head of happiness, which means the president and founder of Happier Valley Comedy in Hadley, Massachusetts. And Pam, the last time you and I spoke, um, maybe it was when we were both on Ira's show. I'm mm-hmm. not sure. Like the pandemic. It's like, woo, woo, woo. Yeah. I don't know where we are. Um, but um, I have to say thank you to Ira for introducing us all those years ago. But I remember you saying that really Happier Valley Comedy was the only 
comedy improv kind of studio like what you have what you are in all of western mass is that true yes it's still the only improv theater in western mass and i think there are only two like there are only one or two in boston right now um so it's one of the few yeah and so how did that come to be i mean how did you decide to do this here um why did you decide to do this here and what is the landscape for improv theater, you know, in the state, in the Commonwealth, in the country. Yeah. Um, there aren't a lot of improv theaters in small towns. Uh, in fact, I didn't know anybody who was running an improv theater in a small town. But I live here, and I love the Valley, and I'm not going anywhere else. Like, this is where I raised my kids. I homeschooled for 10 years here. My daughter graduated from Amherst High School. You know, it's just this, and, and I love the people. This is it. This is my home. So, and I was a stay-at-home homeschooling mom in 2013, 2014, when I decided I wanted to give it a go to see if I can make a living doing improv. So I started the experiment, with I, which I very creatively called the Can I Make a Living Doing What I Love experiment. <laughs> and I gave myself one year to, give a, to make a living exclusively through improv, because my older kid went off to college and I was homeschooling and then so out of a job and I knew I could go back to teaching elementary school which was my has my what I have my degree in Um, but I'm like I in the meantime I had fallen in love with improv and when I say in love I mean obsessed and when I say obsessed I mean you guys it's ridiculous (laughs) it was ridiculous it was ridiculous. And so when did you first <laughs> fall in love with improv? So I first fell in love with improv because I was uh, shopping at the Big Y and I saw a flyer for an improv class. And I was with my kid, my younger kid, who's now like 25. She was three. And I was like, oh, I want to do that because I want to get out of the house. I want to get out of the house. And so I went to that class and that class was taught by Kathy McNally and Kelsey Flynn. And so, and this is not an uncommon experience with people, improvisers. So sitting in that class the first time I had this experience where it felt like the the clouds parted. I heard the angels sing. It was like, (laughs) ah, this, this is your thing, Pam Victor. And that was it. That was, it was over at that moment and that was it I just took like completely I continued doing my job as a homeschooling mom and started taking improv class and then ended up going to Chicago and getting training in Chicago and then I ended up being one day in the Pelham library many years ago and of course talking about improv because as we've established I was obsessed and <laughs> still are and still am a little bit yeah and so the it, librarian's like we could put up an improv show here and I was like okay and she's like how's October 18th I was like, sure. And I left and I stepped, stood on, on the front outside of the Pelham Library and I was like, I don't have an improv team. <laughs> I just booked a show and I don't have a team. So I went back to class. This, by this time I was in my second class with those folks because I, I said, if I convince everybody in this class to take the second class, will you, will you teach it, Kelsey? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, okay. Uh, so they taught the second class. That was the second class. And I was like, there are two people I know. I have to, like, if they say no to be in the show with me, I'm not going to do this show. And I asked them, Laura Patrick and Miley Scholl, who are still performers at Happier Valley Comedy. In fact, I'm still performing with Laura now. And that was like 20 years ago. And yeah, we did that show. And so then just little by little, we just, I, and then I kept, started producing shows once a month. And I started bringing people out from Boston to train us. I went to Chicago. And then I started the experiment. <laughs> 
uh, and I just had a year of yes and that no matter what, if you were going to bring, you know, pay me money to do something related to improv, I said yes to it. And how did that first year go for you? Was it like you just eked by? Mm -hmm. Was it you made like half of what you were making as a teacher, or like what was your <laughs> what was your barometer? Doesn't take much to make half as what uh, I made as a teacher. Um, I made I hit my goal. So I, my goal was sixteen thousand dollars, which was a poverty line for a family of two at that time, and which didn't seem like a lot. Was also more than I thought that anybody I could even dream of making through improv. So I hit my goal in six months. And so after a year, I was opening up a bank account and founding the nonprofit Happier Valley Comedy. And then I had to go from a different kind of yes and. Because some people think like yes and means you have to say yes to everything. But it doesn't. It means to be open to it. And if you want to say no, to make it more of a reflective no, a, a no that's not based in fear of the unknown or fear of failure, but a no that's based in good judgment. So, but in to build the company, I had to be yes. Like people asked me to do speeches, a keynote, and I was like, <laughs> you know, my mouth said yes, and my brain was like, are you crazy, lady? <laughs> you don't know how to do that. So I did it. It wasn't great. It was fine. They paid me. And uh, the next one was better. And now that's what I do all the time is do interactive keynote addresses. So, And so the yes and is such an improv word, slogan, mm -hmm. mantra. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how you would call yeah. it, but... Um, can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, like, and, and I don't teach yes and too much in the classroom because it's so misunderstood. So I want to be clear that it's not doesn't mean you have to say yes to everything. So if someone says, you know, you know, do something uncomfortable on, that's personally uncomfortable for you or pick me up, you know, which I can't do because my back would not, would not like that. I don't have to say yes to that. The yes and is I'm saying yes to and agreeing that that is the situation. Now I'm on stage with somebody who's asking me to pick them up. So that's the reality. And to be in denial of that is not very helpful and it's not in the moment. So given that reality, how do I want to move forward with joy and ease? That's the, the yes is the acceptance of the reality of the moment. Yes, this is what's happening right now. And given that reality, how can we move forward together with joy and ease? So it's, it's, it's an agreement to explore an idea, perhaps. So it's useful for brainstorming at work. We use it a lot. We'll have yes and sessions where I'm like, I know you're not agreeing to this kooky idea that I have because that's my job is queen of kooky ideas, but you're agreeing to explore it with me. And then we can get into a no place after we flush out the ideas. But so often at work and sometimes on stage when we get scared, we go straight to the no, a reflexive no that's born out of fear. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid it's not going to work. I'm going to tell you the 12 reasons why this can't work. And when we're innovating, when we're trying to start something new, when we want to take a risk, that's not where innovation is born. Well, and when you're trying to build trust, too, mm -hmm. um, it's not very helpful when you're saying no. Right. You know, if you explore with someone or take someone's hand rather than just sort of drop it or, or say, no, I don't I don't want to hold your hand, then you get further right. together. And if you keep being shot down, if you're somebody who's an innovator and you keep being shot down, you're not going to bring those ideas to work. And probably you'll find another place to work mm -hmm. because you're not being valued. Yeah. Find someone else to listen to your kooky ideas. Yeah. Both are both are important. My one of my uh, uh, colleagues, Scott Braidman, he's great at yes, but and no, because. So we make a great team where we'll yes and for a while, and then he tells me how to implement it. He brings it down to earth. Which is what 
good business partners do, right? That's they right. compliment you where you're not so shiny and right filled you the other person fills the cracks of of them where they need that totally and that's not that's not my joy yeah and it's taken us a while because the yes and sessions that we have feel uncomfortable to scott Uh uh-huh uh because it's we're out over our skis a little and i'm working out of like crazy ideas time um and i'm always like let's let them say no let's do as an experiment and see if it works and then we'll learn more even if it doesn't go well we'll learn more and that's going to be the best way to figure out how to do work together and so when i when i first met you i think scott wasn't in the picture um Mm -hmm. and so how did scott come to be a part of happier valley comedy so i found it in 2014 i'm bad at remembering years but then i taught class like in every corner of the valley if there was a little dusty hole i've taught or put up a show there And it became clear that I needed my own space. I was tired of moving other people's chairs to make my own classroom in the Northampton Senior Center or wherever. And so I knew I needed our own place and I knew I wanted it to be in Hadley because Hadley's so central to everywhere. And I knew I couldn't do it all alone. So I needed to bring Scott in to that. And so that was kind of the deal. If he would come in, he would be in charge of the artistic side and operations. And you found him in the valley? I found him in the valley, and then I played the long game. I hunted him down and wore him down until he finally said yes. <laughs> He'll say the same do thing. It. It's how you do it. That's how. You, yep. Yeah, got to get it done. It's like mm-hmm. a like a river stone or like a piece of sea glass. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. In a nice, in a nice, fun, loving yeah, way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sure he's happier for it. I think. I think. I hope so. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Um, so Pam, we're, we're almost at our break and I wanted to tell everyone if they wanted to during the break, where to check you out. Your website is happiervalley.com. I'm Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm here today with Pam Victor, who's the head of happiness, which means the president and founder for Happier Valley Comedy in Hadley. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Pam Victor, who's the head of happiness for Happier Valley Comedy, which is in Hadley. And it's at One Mill Valley Road. Valley Road. Mm-hmm. Right. It's right on Route 9. You've passed it, all of you, everybody, no matter who's <laughs> listening, you've passed it a ton of times. Uh, it's kind of across from Pulse Restaurant, just down the ro- road from uh, Whole Foods near Wildwood is also nearby. And if people know the cut through to the mall, mm-hmm. right, to you- avoid the Lowe's and the garden center and the light there and then the other one down the road you can sort of cut through the back there it's and then true. take a lap to mill that. valley yeah yes. yep yep so that's going right by your building too yes lots yes. of people pass by our building so stop in yes, yes. <laughs> and so when are you there what does your programming look like in a week i know you know you had just said that the only day that you don't really have programming is on sunday so how do you fill the week over there how does happier valley comedy fill the week (laughs) i have no problem filling the week um we have shows we are running uh, we have shows every saturday and most friday nights we are running 10 or 11 weekly classes and one monthly class so and of course doing rehearsals 
um, and not only rehearsals for our main stage shows, but our indie shows rehearse in our space as well. So we have three different rooms at Happier Valley Comedy, and on any day, one or all of those rooms are hopping with a rehearsal, a meeting, a class, and sometimes a show. And tell me about indie show. What is that? So an indie team means like an independent team that's not... uh, our team, not coached by us. It's not selected by us. Our main stage teams were selected mostly by auditions. We put them together. It's a specific show. It has a level of quality that we feel comfortable, you know, charging people and filling a Saturday night of entertainment. Indie teams are sometimes up and coming, experimental. Yeah. And so um, are there competitions between teams? No. Like, do you ever have other people come from other schools or? They could. They're yeah. welcome to take a, if they, you know, email Scott and want 20 minutes, they can come take 20 minutes for sure. In fact, we just had uh, somebody, the kids from uh, Winnick, uh, Western New England College. University. University. Yep. Yes. Yep. And their improv or team. Winu. Winu. They're, they're now new. Winu. Okay. Yeah. Uh, improv on the rocks their improv student improv team performed on friday so there isn't uh, there's no competition as far as we're concerned because there's room for everybody yeah yeah and we were talking a little bit about um someone that's involved uh with you heidi haas Mm -hmm. um who my kids uh take some improv from in florence she's doing great stuff and in fact one of heidi's students uh, we were talking about Jim Young also, who's uh, a, a main stage cast member and former student of mine. He just performed with his kid who improvises, improvises with Heidi. Uh, so oh, yeah. they had a I think... father-kid show that was yeah. so cute. Yeah. It was adorable and really good. They were both amazing. Yeah, I think um, Jim's child also helps Heidi um, in the kids Florence mm-hmm, class mm-hmm, too mm-hmm. Um, which is good yeah. no I I'm a big fan um, of improv for my kids you know just being there and performing and being able to like find their voice and and get up and, and it's not necessarily on a stage because you're just on the floor yeah. but just getting up in your body and really having the confidence to to show up and to think yeah. um, a little bit quick quickly on your feet and sometimes yeah 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 yeah. although my group and the second saturday's presents group we don't i don't think we think quickly we're mostly middle-aged women (laughs) (laughs) we think at the pace of real life you don't have to think fast to be able to improvise but uh, the kids are definitely very good at that part of it and so what muscles would you say that you flex when you do improv being in the moment yeah being in the moment and listening with acceptance and agreement so acceptance of what's happening in this moment is really big. And Which get, is hard for all of us right yeah. now, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So when we're distracted by things. And when you're on stage and even in the, in the workplace, the thing, you're most, the thing that most of us, many of us are distracted by is our inner critic. Mm-hmm. Don't mini, say Mini-me? Mini-me, mini you could call mini it that. Me. Mm-hmm. Is that what you call it? Uh, I'm having flashbacks to... I just, I, I forget what we have lots of different names for it yeah Yeah. (laughs) I call it lately I've been calling it the chorus of unhelpful judgos because I I abbreviate that to Cujo yeah your internal messages of unhelpful judgment and fear yeah I like that yeah so we get to we learn to tango with those yeah uh, which is a practice yeah which people normally run from doing yeah, or believe themselves, it, like or believe those messages sitting with themselves. Yeah, because those messages, the inner critic's a, a big old liar. 
Uh, those are just beliefs. They're not facts. Mm-hmm. Like you're going to fail is a, is a normal and natural thing to think. And it's a normal and nece- it's a necessary sometimes message. Like if there's a fire, I don't want people to say, where's the joy and ease of this moment? You know, <laughs> you listen to that fear-based messenger. But most of the time, the this research, research has shown the vast majority of the time that those are unfounded fears. So what would it be like to let go of those so we could focus on what's actually happening? And so... You have been moving forward with the business, which is a nonprofit, and today you're considering doing some really big stuff. We are. Um, yeah, we're so doing big stuff, do you wanna, Tara. Yeah. yeah. Not considering. You've, it's you're happening. doing it. It's, it's happening. Ha- it's happening. Yeah. Yeah, it's happening. So, yeah, we we got to the point where we're going to sign our fi- second five-year lease in this space. And, by the way, 18 months of those five years we were closed because of the lockdown. So our, our theater was closed completely. Uh, and we survived the pandemic uh, as a company when many, many, many other improv theaters didn't or still are getting back on their feet. So I feel really lucky and that I had Scott's partnership in that and that we made some good decisions during that time and got lucky. And we had a lot of support um, from our community and from the state, actually, that and the, and the federal government that was really, really helpful. So we're, we're in a position where we had to sign our second five-year lease in this space. And we really love our space. It's well-situated. And I adore our landlord. Amir is fantastic. And he believes in us. And he's given us all these, like, great chances. Like, he just, he's in it with us, which is so... Who just, says just that love about their landlord? I know, right? Really? Yeah. Thank you, Amir. He's amazing. <laughs> uh, and he and so we're like this. The space became available next uh, on the next door to our original theater. It used to be an Irish step dancing place where they Duffy and they moved and they're still in Hadley. Um, so we're like, if we don't take it, we're going to lose it, and we'll be locked into this space that only has two rooms and we've already outgrown it. And not only that is our stage, we couldn't make our stage accessible because of uh, funding and space limitations. And that was really important to us. And we tried so hard to figure out how to do it and we just couldn't figure out how to make it so, uh, handicap accessible or accessible to all abilities to get up on our stage because it's elevated. So we're, we took on, we just, we're taking this big leap into the unknown and we're taking on the space next door and we're going to build our dream theater. So we'll still have the original space that will be a classroom and a rehearsal space. And then we're going to have this dream theater that's going to be a, a quote unquote real stage. It's going to have a set. There'll be a back, you know, that we could sneak around the back, which we don't have right now. This the We're going to have 72 seats. That's uh, 12 seats more than we have now. So hopefully that means when we get back up to pre-pandemic attendance levels, we won't have to turn people away. Because before the pandemic, every Saturday night, we were turning people away Wow! to come to our shows. We, we'd sell out immediately. Tickets went on sale two weeks before the show, and we'd sell out immediately. And then I had to stand at the door and tell people, as the head of happiness, I don't want to tell people they can't come see yeah. our show. Like, yeah. That does not make me happy. No. They were very Or them happy. Or them happy. Yeah. Right. It's, no, no, don't work for anybody. So those extra 12 seats, I'm hopeful, are going to be great. And then there's gonna, they're going to be tiered seating. So they'll be raised. The stage will be on the ground. Wow. Uh, is it permanent or is it m- mm-hmm. movable? 
It's permanent, wow. which is great because I won't have to move chairs anymore. <laughs> I'm so excited. Your to dream. Ret- I'm so excited to retire from moving chairs. <laughs> yeah, but it, and it's but it's a big leap because we're building this big. This our dream theater. We're not just building a next step theater. We're going all the way, uh, and Scott Braidman is in charge of that. And we're really lucky that we also were able to hire last year Maddie Benjamin, uh, so who's primarily running the school. So that mean, meant Scott was available to really focus on the expansion and the build out. So it's 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 a three hundred thousand dollar capital campaign uh, that makes me want to. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit. Very uncomfortable with that number. I mean, this is coming from the gal who started with a goal to make sixteen thousand dollars a year. Just, which you did. Which I did. Which I did. And we're we're all you know. And we also have a goal to be you know paid as equitably equitably as possible. That's the yeah. Word. So, yeah, we're we're doing this big jump, and uh, that's what we do. We jump into the unknown and trust that life will catch us. The net will appear. The net will appear. Right. That's, that's improv. Yeah. That's improv. Well, I'm sure that it will because it has continued to do that for you. Well, Tara Brewster, if you believe in us, <laughs> then we can't fail. I believe in you. <laughs> I believe in you. Um, but I also believe that we need to take another break because that's the time that it is. This is Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm here today with Pam Victor, who is the head of happiness for Happier Valley Comedy. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and my guest today is Pam Victor, who's the head of happiness for Happier Valley Comedy in Hadley, Massachusetts. Pam was talking about some big things happening, some doors opening. Some literal doors opening. Literal. Yes, we have a we so we have a door that we painted in our original space. Uh, and it is purple because it's the what our stage looks like and my hair. And it's also my jacket color jacket today. Color, so I was yes. channeling you exactly. before I even knew you were coming with purple. <laughs> Bring in the purple. Bring in the purple. So we painted that door so we can manifest opening that door uh, to our dream theater because that's where the the door is that going to actually be. So we we just embarked upon the open the do- door campaign to earn a uh, raise the next $30,000 by the end of the year of our $300,000 capital campaign. And we're doing that on Giving Tuesday is going to be a big one. Uh, this Friday is also we're have a um, call from a castmate phone-a-thon mm, where we're, the fun. bunch of the castmates or cast members are coming in and going to be calling previous donors and students i love that pledging money for i love that kind of stuff that so like fun. really quirky different like how to reach out and touch someone and connect exactly in a philanthropy way exactly sort of like monty's march really it, different and funky and yeah granular yeah different is good i heard somewhere. yes I yeah heard that somewhere, somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then we're going to that will segue into our 
end of the year giving. So hopefully when people are feeling generous, if they haven't given during the Global Day of Giving on November 28th, which is Giving Tuesday, yep. they will think of us on their year-end giving to help us hit that $30,000 mark. And we have uh, packages for people who want to come in as major funders, which we're calling founding friends. So anywhere from $1,000 to $20,000 donations. Or and more. Or more. Well, we'll take whatever whatever you can, yeah, if you give more. And then, you know, if you come in at some of those levels, you get to decide what our stage is going to be called. Or name the bathroom. Or name a row. Or even just name a chair. So... We'll have lots of chairs called Edna, maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, you can name it. You don't have to name name it after yourself. You can name it anything you want. And there's 72 chairs? There'll be 72 chairs. Amazing. So, yes. Yes. So at the $1,000 bronze supporter level, you get to name a chair. That's incredible. And the bathroom sounds kind of interesting, too. Yeah. I think the bathroom is at the five or $10,000 <laughs> level. I can't remember. You get to name the bathroom. Yeah. So call you it John. You just can't John. call it Lou. You could call or it John. Any, you call it John. You call it anything you want to call it. Yeah. I mean, we, you know, within reason, within reason. So happiervalley.com on our, the support us page is where you can find all that information. And so $30,000. That's just the next step. That's the next step in the, in the phase of the renovation. Yes. Yes. Of our, our raise. We had a spring fundraiser that you, you might enjoy, uh, Tara, because it was a prom, hmm. an adult prom, where we uh, raised some <laughs> cash for that also from the do- all donations. I really want to have an enchantment under the sea dance. Let's do it. Let's do it next spring. That's our next event. We had a, the prom was off the hook. I gotta say it was really really fun. I'm sure. It, and the dress code was thrift store ridiculous. Yeah. So it was anything you know anything goes. Wear your pajamas. I don't care what you wear. Just come and have fun. Well, my purple jacket that we just referenced exactly is, is an oldie. Uh, yeah. Whatever. But a goodie. Whatever so works for you. I'm a big thrift store person. So that's the open the door campaign. It runs through the end of the year or when we raise the next thirty thousand, and then we just have. <laughs> gajillion dollars more <laughs> it's going to be a multi-year campaign and we'll get there little by little with the support of our community and the greater uh, valley community i hope but on your website mm-hmm. happiervalley.com mm-hmm. you can find out more mm-hmm. about it about the levels about where you, you're at where the fundraising is at where the classes are the programming it's all right everything. there on the front page yep yep we're registering for classes right now. There's still just two spots left in one class. That's called an improviser's guide to mindfulness, which is another thing I'm teaching these days. Uh, so, yes, yeah, stuff about that. And also about our professional development programs. Yeah, and that's what I was just going to ask you about because it seems like a lot more businesses are thinking about how to professionally develop their staff, how to get people to connect on a deeper level, maybe not like your day-to-day business level, but really mindfulness and awareness. Mm-hmm trying to decrease all the microaggressions that we've all realized that we're doing to each other. Um, So can you talk a little bit about that piece of your business? Yeah, I've gotten to work with a lot of companies and uh, academic institutions in the Valley and beyond. I've, I, they hired me, the, the librarians of Utah hired me to come out last, a couple years ago to work at their conference. Is that a band? No, they're literally the library, state librarians, librarians of, Utah. of Utah. That would be a band. <laughs> Thank you very much, folks. We're the librarians of Utah. Well, Pam's in with the librarians because of her first gig being in a library. It's truth. I love librarians. They're, they pretend to be introverts, but they're really fun when they show up, and they show up on time, and they follow instructions. I love librarians. I love librarians. Plus, Don't free- mess with the 
card catalog. Don't, exactly. Uh, so yeah, so you can we can use improv to help facilitate all sorts of skills like communication, using the spirit of yes and for collaborating together through brainstorming, problem solving, creative uh, risk taking, creative thinking. You know, it's a fantastic tool to really push the boundaries of what is possible and then winnow it down into something that's workable. And then I also have, during the pandemic, I developed a program called the 30-Day Happiness Experiment that uh, deals with wellness and well-being to help people refill their tanks because we're all pretty exhausted. And the fact is you can't fill from an empty cup. So for all those caretakers out there, uh, I got your back. And so what are some of the tools in the toolbox of that because I think yeah. everyone needs their cup filled to your point. Absolutely and I only, I love doing micro habits so they're going to be stuff that you can do in 30 seconds, one, two minutes a day. So it might be, you know you've all heard about gratitude habits so it could be a gratitude habit or writing down three positive things that happen during that day or being present for a conversation or integrating play into every day. Uh, meditation is one of them. Taking a walk in nature. Like uh, I have 19 of them, so I could I could do this all day. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just did a nice deep yawn as we were talking Thank about you. mindfulness and, and breathing in nature. Mm-hmm. So. And deliberate rest is another biggie. Yeah. 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 I do a whole, a whole presentation just about that. So generally the presentations that I do as professional development are two hours long, but I've done all day retreats. I've done 90 minute events. Um, we usually start with this, these ideas of quieting the inner critic because I think in order to have the next part of the conversation, in order to show up in the moment to bring your best, best self to work, it really involves quieting the inner critic and the people who are the naysayers helping them to quiet their inner critic because usually that is just coming from fear. Fear and of also the unknown. not taking things personally, right? Yeah. I feel like that's a big one too. You know, showing up at work and thinking that everyone's out to get you or... We practice assume goodwill is mm-hmm. one of the golden rules of Happier Valley mm-hmm. Comedy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so what are you looking forward to this fall in 2024? Like what are your big personal dreams, business dreams. <laughs> oh, girl, we're going to need a whole other show for that. We do manifesting shows with Pam and Tara and Joan. Yeah. Let's Love do letters. It. Love letters. With Tara Brewster. <laughs> <laughs> I am hoping in 2024 that Happier Valley Comedy will have the grand opening. Maybe I can come back and talk about the grand opening of our dream theater that has been paid for with uh, generous grants and donations. Uh, and I don't have to fundraise anymore. That would be my ideal dream. And that our that our classes are filling up still, and we're back to filling up our um, shows as well. I hope that for you too, Pam Victor. Thank you so much. Yes, um, head of happiness of Happier Valley Comedy, and you can find out more about Pam and her business and what they're doing at happiervalley.com. I also wanted to say thank you to Business West who provides so much good material for us all up and down the region in the 413 talking about entrepreneurs and businesses and nonprofits and all the good work that all of us are doing collectively together to make this place better. Also to Greenfield Savings Bank who is my employer who allows me to do things like this on the daily um, and be an ambassador of goodwill. Maybe that could be, that could be your 
this title. card yeah. one day um, if they I would ever that. let me do that. I think they can get um, behind that. Yeah, we'll talk. Tom Shaco, I'll have yeah. to get you on the show to make that pledge for yeah, you. Bring, but me, bring me back in and I'll talk to them about yes, creative yeah, thinking. Yes, I love it. <laughs> um, this is Tara Brewster. You've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. Pam Victor, thank you so much for coming in. It's always right. a pleasure. The pleasure is mine. Um, thank you for listening. Talk soon. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP.